0: Welcome to Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy. And
1: Alex Sokoway. We're coming
0: to you from Estia's little kitchen on the turnpike between Sag Harbor and Bridgehampton. who's our new sponsor.
1: New sponsor for the next 10 weeks at least. We'll be here uh, with some ambient noise. Yeah, ambient noise is good. Good good conversation. Um, And uh,
0: you are listening to us here on Peconic Public Broadcasting, WPPB 88.3 FM, and it is... Fun drive I mean this might be rerun at some other point but it's a good time to donate always to your listener supported public radio station which you can do by uh, online is probably easiest. Uh, and 883
1: WPPB. And as they said, the right B- no what? Bucks, no Buck Rogers. So okay, right. Need your money.
0: 883 WPPB.org. We've got wonderful guests today. We've got uh, Tamar Petaway and Brandon Boyd, two young actors and writers and stuff, and we're going to come to them. But Alec, we're going to have our little conversation first.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we,
0: we got, we got. You got a little passionate before we went on the air. Yeah, you
1: know, today's Oscar Day, and, yeah. and that uh, brings up a lot of passions. Um, I, I have my own opinions about the Academy Awards uh, you I have been
0: nominated I, for one let's just I, like full I had the here.
1: experience and no, here's the thing the year before I got nominated I sat at home basically like snarky person at the TV making fun of everybody uh, who would want to get nominated who on wanna... and then I got nominated it was, like, it was great it was awesome <laughs> so I'm not saying the experience isn't good but I think that it stilts a lot of the conversations in the entertainment industry uh, Everybody's so awards focused and I think that hurts expression. And I, ultimately, I think it hurts the ability to take risks for many people. Everybody's so consumed with uh, with the um, value system that. If well, you, you don't, said
0: it, it. kind of defines. It makes a, a very tangible definition of success in Hollywood.
1: Absolutely. And 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 I, I bore the gifts of it. I mean, I had $11 in my bank account about six months before Toy Story came out, and. Within a year, I was like, you know, I was turning down jobs because I didn't have the time, and so I, I get the value of it. So I'm not trying to say that, but I will tell you as far as Hollywood, and this is the God's honest truth. Depending on how badly somebody had treated me before I got nominated, um, the there was like a direct, like the the size of the gift that showed up, of people saying congratulations, like if if the door if, I, if the door <laughs> Guilt opened. Gifts? if the door opened and there was like a little vase I'm like well that's somebody that, that treated me well Yeah, really loved and if you. the door opened and I couldn't see the guy holding like the flowers and stuff that's somebody that totally screwed me over Oh, that's so, so that's funny. the way Hollywood works
0: yeah well I mean that's kind of the way everything works in a way if I like if I have a server like here at Estia's Little Kitchen if I have a server I really don't like I will give them a guilt tip because I, I hate them so much and what is the guilt it tip? it not in a long time but tell
1: uh, me the guilt tip a guilt tip
0: mean? like uh, 25% of the bill or maybe more than that so
1: you reverse psychology you don't like I've a server and you'll give them more than you would give somebody else? Well, I
0: don't want that to become public because now everyone will treat me really badly. <laughs> just,
1: I'm saying that's more like <laughs> dazzling as far as like your personality. Like... I
0: don't do it anymore. That's an old Bridget. That's like a Bridget that I've dealt with and put pushed to the side, but that is how I used to do because I felt so guilty if I didn't like somebody because I thought I was supposed to like everybody that I would basically pay them instead of liking them. I would, I would instead of paying them in hearts, I pay them in dollars. But anyway, back to success and we, we do have these young, wonderful young people who are from the area. Um, let's talk a little bit more though about, I mean, I come from a family, you know, long line of my, my grandfather got the Irving Thalberg Award and he, he actually, he did over 80 Hollywood films. He didn't win for any of those. You know that, right? He wait, never wait, won an Oscar for any of those.
1: Um, but again, it's alright, but, but Oscars yeah, it's a trophy. Like, like why, why wake up in the morning and think, if I don't win a trophy I'm, I didn't have a good day.
0: But you know what? I think it has to do with what we were talking about as well as uh, name power, which is like shows on Broadway used to make uh, kid, you know, well, yeah, well, you, a kid well, go, the you're going out there the a kid and you're coming back as a star. Right. The economics de- dictate the fact that now you need a star in order to open a show on Broadway.
1: You need, and the marketing drives everything, and I get that. But the Academy Awards began to promote movies. You know, like in the late 1920s, there was a, a, a decade of decadence and a decade of scandal. Right. Fatty right. Arbuckle. I wish I had been and, born and in that decade. Well, I, <laughs> I feel like I've been born in that decade sometimes. <laughs> But, um, and then the Academy Awards come to help promote movies, and within an Academy Award or two, all of a sudden, everybody wants a trophy. And that's been driving a lot of the decision-making in the movie business since then.
0: It's true. And and now there are trophies for, I mean, there's so many award shows now, but Oscars still seem to have some sort of cachet that nothing else can really touch. I mean, I know that you, you and I come from different places on this because i i i've been there too i've been at the oscars and but, but and right, so again here's something.
1: here this is a god's honest truth okay. so your ego gets pumped up your ego gets pumped up and then you go to the awards lunch the lunch is great they have this like lunch of all the nominees about two or three weeks before the actual show and you walk into the room and everybody you see you have a name tag of what, who you are and what you did or you love what they do you'll meet like the cinematographer of a movie like you're amazing right, right, right. or you meet like the makeup person you're like oh my god that's crazy how'd you do that thing but and this is this is the two-edged sword to go there you have to go through like the red carpet a little bit and the wall of press and photographers and you feel so like proud and they announce you and then you see the disappointment in all the photographers face when you're not an actor that like you're not famous. That's
0: like Donald O'Connor coming out of the car and singing in the rain the whole audience goes oh. All I'm saying
1: is, is that like it's the moment Jack Valenti was running the academy then and he's like here's Alex Sokolow and he shook my hand I saw all the photographers lift their cameras and then kind of shrug and say screw it and put their cameras down and then he just ushered me away and I'm like so I got to feel good and bad at the same exact moment well isn't that what (laughs) life is all
0: about you're you're listening to bridge but it is
1: and Alex, it's an honor just to be nominated
0: oh it is it is just an honor to be nominated i wouldn't know about that but uh you're listening to us on sundays on the east end here on 88.3 wppb fm sundays on the east end we're coming to you from Estia's little kitchen on the turnpike between sag harbor and bridgehampton serving breakfast and lunch six days a week closed tuesdays but do you know what the special is today the brunch special it's insane. It's shredded beef short rib hash with sweet corn, chipotle potatoes, and poached eggs. Oh, my gosh. That sounds really good. We might have to stay and eat
2: afterward, Alex. Delicious.
0: All right. Well, we're going to be back right after this with our guests. back, Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and
1: Alex Socklow. We're
0: coming to you from Estia's little kitchen on the turnpike between Sag Harbor and Bridge Hanton. It's actually more in Sag Harbor, I think. And it serves uh, breakfast and lunch six days a week, closed Tuesdays with uh, weekend dinner services starting right around the corner. Alex is starting March 9th at
3: 530
0: right. and uh, we're really grateful because uh, they are sponsoring this show and if Can anybody else <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well, thank you Colin and and Estia's little kitchen and if you want to sponsor a show or just show your love for public radio, you can make a donation at WPPB eighty-eight point three WPPB.org. org, and we're going to bring our guests on. Tremar Pettaway, welcome. Hi,
4: thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming oh, on, so Tramar. And, and, and Brandon. Brandon.
0: Boyd. Hi, how are you? Hi, and uh, Brandon is in a show and is writing the music um, for a show that Tramar has written. Tramar, you're yes. from and you're from Southampton. Yes,
4: I am. I grew up in Southampton with the school in Southampton. You,
0: did you so go to sh-
1: Southampton High School?
4: Yes. And what was that like?
1: Very, faces, very, f- yes. very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Interesting in like quote marks or interesting in like... <laughs> <laughs> it, was,
4: it was very good. I got it, received a very good education. Uh,
0: but you, um, you were interested in the arts very early on.
4: I was. I started doing performing arts in second grade at the elementary school. We did The Wizard of Oz.
0: Wizard of Oz. Yeah, what a show to start. Well.
4: Um, and after that, I began to take part in a little bit more of the performing arts. In fifth grade, I did an opera. Never thought I would.
0: Oh my gosh! With
4: Opera The Hamptons as one of the lead uh, vocalists. You're kidding? What opera was it? Um, it was. It was at the high school. Oh, it was. And the tickets were. So, complete, so when so you're that gr-
1: when you're growing up out here, and you want to be doing theater and you want to be in the arts. And I'm saying it as somebody that like I'm I'm a cityite, right? Like I'm a like one of the like born and raised in city, but
0: coming out here
1: since I was about six or seven in one way or the other. Um, what are the opportunities? Like you're saying, you're in an opera in fifth grade. Who put that on?
4: Opera of the Hamptons produced Hansel and Gretel, and each year they did between Hansel and Gretel or A of the Night Visitors, and they would go to the school to select a certain amount of kids to be a part of the uh-huh. chorus, and the chorus teacher asked me if I wanted to do it, and I did it.
0: That's awesome. Um, now, okay, so
1: it starts at school, and then it's kind of a little bit of a recruitment. Yeah.
0: But I want to I want to jump forward a little bit, because what I know is that when you were in high school, yeah. you were recommended by, by your drama teacher to take part in a playwriting? In what middle, was it? In
4: middle school, they recommended okay. me, and okay. I did... The Bay Street Playwright Program with Emma Walton Hamilton.
0: Who happens to be my sister.
4: And I came back in 12th grade, and at this time you had to apply for the program, so I did, not I got in. And it was a little bit more intense. I learned a lot more that go around in 7th grade. 7th grade was more our stage presence and how to present yourself on stage and a little bit of writing, but it was mostly about stage presence at that right. time.
0: That's great. And so... Brandon, you how did you and how did you meet Tramar? Uh,
4: one day,
5: uh, so currently I live in Babylon, and one day I was uh, uh, w- waiting for the train, and then this guy just comes up to me and he goes, "Oh, do you play music?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah. you're friendly. <laughs> 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 and I was he was just like singing, and um, it was funny because some lady came up to him and was like oh my god do you sing do you sing and he's like yeah i sing and then she looked at me she's like do you sing and i was just like quiet <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah,
0: but you have a background like you 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 studied uh, improv and stuff in the city yeah. and stuff like that but um and,
5: and 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 are you from babylon originally no i am originally from queens from queens all right so you're a
1: city kid originally just like you all right yeah exactly and 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 so how did you uh you're growing up you're reaching for music you're reaching for comedy if you're yeah. doing improv how did you begin that? How did you find your footing there?
5: So um, when I was in uh, high school, um, there was the improv troop that I was working with. They were teaching classes there. And then uh, just amongst my friends, we thought it would be pretty cool to get our own improv troop together. Nice. And that's what we did. And I was the leader of that. And then the troop saw it, and it was like, oh, wow, this kid is really like, you know, he's special, he stands out. So they invited me out, and for about a year, I was doing... Um, I was interning with them making 20 bucks a week. Okay. And then like 20 bucks a week? 20 bucks a That's week. That's like Victorian wages. It it's right. like you were a chimney sweep <laughs> or
0: something. Oh my god.
5: But after that um uh it was about a year and then they added me as an official member and I was making like uh, seventy-five bucks to hundred bucks a show. So all right, like well, nice but joke. but
1: it's not about the money. It's yeah. about like you got the opportunity uh, yeah, and to like, grow your craft and to, to work with people. Yeah, and
5: I got to see a million different, like a ton of different places. We toured and. Where did you tour to? We toured the East Coast. Um, a couple of people in the troop went to Nebraska and Wisconsin, and all oh. over the United States the comedy star of state of Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: <laughs> I understand the position is open. Um, hey,
1: you know what? Larry the Cable Guy's from Nebraska. <laughs> oh, is he? So, yeah. You
0: know things I don't know. Uh, but back to Tramar, I want to ask you about the plays that you've written because they're based on your mother.
4: So the first play I wrote, Mama's Diary, was a fictional play. Um, it was fictional and it wasn't fictional because the lady who played the leading role of the mother was really a performer in real life. And she performed with Whitney Houston, was her first cousin. So I kind of talked to her about it and said, let's do this. And she was up to it. The second play, uh, Footprints of an Angel, the newest play, goes really, really... I wouldn't say deep. It's not like a dark show, but it's like a little bit more realistic.
0: Well, you told me. I mean, it, it came it's from a little something little more
4: realistic. You're- I wrote it at the time of my mother slowly passing away. I'm at my laptop in her hospital room. Just me and her in a room and I'm just like typing... And things begin to happen as I'm sitting in the hospital. Room. I'm starting to feel. All
1: right, but let, so let, let's just slow down a little bit, unpack this a little bit because um, you're you're going through. My, my dad died five days before I got the opportunity to write Toy Story. Right, oh, wow. he never knew about it. I and you know I'm Jewish, and so we're at shiva, which is like a week of you just kind of have accept guests when you're getting through like death. And five days into it, I get a call from from Joel on the, in Los Angeles. I was back in New York saying, hey, we got that thing. I didn't even know what he was talking about because I was so like numb from what I... My dad fought cancer for a long time and then died. So I'm like very sensitive to this. So, so you're... you're your mom is, is well, I don't how did your mom pass?
4: She passed of cancer. Okay. She had cancer. And, um, how long
0: ago? Come on. She,
4: uh, about, I think this year will be either six or seven years. Don't quote And you guys me.
0: lived out here. Yes. Known she Yes. Uh, no, What was to, your name? She went
4: to high school in Burchampton. She.
0: What was your name, honey?
4: Uh, Shonda. Shonda. She went to high school in champion and then when she met my dad, they ended up moving to Southampton, and they got right. married in Southampton. Oh, but I'm,
1: I'm going to stick to like the artistic thing. So, but you're processing your real life with the need to create or do yeah. something. So can you
4: talk about that
1: a little bit, what that yeah. was like?
4: Um, putting that show together and writing it, it was interesting because, you know, sitting there, and she's in a hospital bed, and you're sitting there with a the laptop typing, you're like... This is never gonna open. Like I'm like, this is never gonna open. This is just something I'm writing, and it's not gonna open. And years down the line, I open a laptop, and that's what pops up again. So not, you know, I start typing, you know, writing it again. And I had to really think about who I was gonna have play which part. Right. That was the hardest part. And you know, that's the hardest part because not only are you dealing with the writing aspect, you're also dealing with. Oh my goodness! What is my family going to say?
1: Right, you know there. So uh, Eugene O'Neill, I think when he wrote *Long Day's Journey in Tonight, said this can't be performed till 25 years after I'm dead
0: right, because, because it was, it was all so about family and drug addiction and, and drug all addiction. that stuff. So we,
4: we, thankfully, uh, I use my God-given sense. To keep it family friendly, it doesn't go deep. Okay. Thankfully, it goes more of like conversations I would have with my mother, and picture those conversations and how she would talk about the different things she was doing, and I wrote those into the scene. That's and correct. some of those are true;
0: they were things yeah, she was some actually of those saying. Actually
4: true, right? Like the church scene is a real scene; it really happened. She really went. To and what church. was the church scene? The church scene. It's based off of First Baptist Church of Bridgehampton. Okay. And she'd go there on Sunday. That's where she belonged and the church i go to is church of god in christ so it's like in that's a little different they're a little more quieter but (laughs) this one sunday she went her favorite piano player was playing and it was really lively and she came home that day and told me about it and i wrote that into a scene right and that's actually the opening scene of the show okay
0: and now the show opens march 23rd it
4: opens march 23rd the baha'i center on East 11th Street in New in, York. In New York City. Yeah. So in how's it?
0: And Brandon, what part do you play?
4: Uh, I'll be playing Trey Mara, actually. Oh, you're, oh, pl- pl- he, you're he's playing. He's gonna be playing. He's, playing, playing <laughs> he's gonna be playing me under another name of Tyrell. Okay. We didn't want to keep it. Um, we didn't want to really personalize the show. Right. Um, because you run into issues, uh, right. legal issues, family issues, and I don't want either or. So he's gonna be playing the role of me. That's right. the only
5: reason I've been hanging around him, not because He's
4: got he's he's to get a sponging. Yeah, studying. sponging. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You're
0: a good actor. <laughs> well, this is amazing. You know, we're going to take another little break right now. We're coming to you if you hear the ambient noise from Estia's little kitchen on the turnpike between Sag Harbor and Bridgehampton. It's serving breakfast and lunch six days a week, closed Tuesdays. They have this amazing brunch with shredded beef short rib hash. But you know, the food is always amazing here. It is one of my favorite places. It's so hard to get into, right? We had had to wait. We recorded a show here and we had to wait for a table. So uh, we want to thank Estia's for sponsoring Sundays on the East End. And we also want to thank 88.3 WPPB FM, Long Island's only NPR station. Which is like where our where our show comes from, right, out? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I want to thank
1: Marconi also for inventing radio. Oh, Let's well, just go.
0: To thank everybody. <laughs> you know what? Let's just thank everybody. And thanks to our producer, Kyle Lynch, who's laughing at that. Bad Kyle. Anyway, we'll be right back after this.
2: When I was younger, things were the same, but Agent Pride caught up, and that's when things started to change. We fuel the flame with shame and pride I see the scars in your heart and see the pain in your eyes And we go to record labels to record a label Focus on fame and fortune, we'll put the stone up on the table But it's what they want us to see Media, transform, vision, MTV And I'm forced to wear the trendiest things But I don't have a problem when they're calling out my name Like B, I really love those kicks But $350 for a compliment Ooh. Give me one last time with my child days when the sun in the sky was a better place. When truth and honesty in me is just. Oh, and with or without you will be marvelous. Uh, remember we were younger, jumping in the water, but too afraid to go under. Afraid to be blind to what we can't see. But I can't see anything standing in front of me. But is it? Is it my fault that I can't rise? Is it my fault that I can't see what's hidden inside? No. What can we do? You showed them our definition of one plus two, cause we're just fallen angels trying to fly back up, but we're not able. And if we put our minds to it, our wings will spread away and fly away with the music. Woo! Give me one last time with my childhood
0: day. We're back. Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow coming to you from SD's Little Kitchen on the Sag Harbor Turnpike between Sag Harbor and Bridgehampton. And on 88.3 yeah. WPPB FM, you're listening to us. You can listen to us several different ways. You can use the TuneIn yeah, app. You can go to Simple Radio. You can listen on a radio. You can listen online. It's like you could listen. like we are just can come we're just everywhere.
1: Or to and just eat yeah. at like a certain time when here. He Absolutely. And come listen and listen us. to
0: us. But um, you, you were just saying something interesting during the break. Or were You, gonna, you were going to say something about Thomas Jefferson? Oh, no.
1: Well, we were talking to about how uh, I, I was saying we were uh, having our interlude. How It's just interesting to me that he, he ended up at a different church than his mom. Uh, and But what I was going to say is, is that Thomas Jefferson and, and John Adams had a pen pal relationship for 50 years, and they had very different politics and very different beliefs. Uh, but they would go back and forth, and when they both retired from politics, um, they, they really start talking about philosophy a lot more. And one of the last exchanges, Thomas Jefferson asked John Adams, what what's your religious credo? Like, what do you think religion ultimately reduces to? And he wrote back, it's very simple. Every religion is about being moral and good.
0: I want to add one Let's, thing to that. I want to add one little thing to that, which is totally unrelated to anything. You know they both died on the same day. And that uh, I see where Ad- they are today, huh? Yeah. No, but do you know that John no, Adams' yeah. last words were long live Thomas Jefferson and Thomas Jefferson... Something like that. And Thomas Jefferson's last words were John Adams lives. Like, they, even though they were from different sides, they both supported each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, that's enough about that. Let's get back to talking to okay. Tamar so, Petaway yeah. and Brandon right. Boyd. But, but
1: Brandon, like you were, just when we had the interview, you are saying you are actually playing a character that is based on Tremar's own life. Yes. And how difficult is that for you as a as an artist and as a performer mm-hmm. and as also then as a human
5: being to like yeah um so me as an artist playing Tremar um, he's very he's very big like personality yeah, wise look at him voice wise like everything he's really big so that's yeah. the, that's the one thing that I have pressure Wait, but um, just because of my improv training, I believe that I'll be able to do it. Yeah. Um, you just try a couple different things, and you always find one that works. Yeah. So. um, Yeah.
0: I'm really excited to see this. How long is it running?
4: It's actually going to run only one day. Oh no! uh, Because. We are in the process of doing Footprints of an Angel film adaptation, so being of that scheduling, it only allows me to do it one day for Wait now. a minute,
0: wait a minute, so it's also going to be a film?
4: Yes, it is going to be a film. Okay,
0: now how do, okay, you are amazing, you're an angel, because you work, you have. You are a full-time student at Five Towns, right? Yes. You also work at Maureen's yeah. Haven. Yes.
3: Let's yeah. talk about Maureen's and, Haven.
1: Yeah, okay. I mean, let's not let's not, like, not whitewash this, okay, right? All okay, right? right. So, full-time student. How many? What's your course load?
4: My course load?
1: Yeah, eighteen credits. Wow. And then, and then, Maureen's Haven. Well, like Maureen's you, Haven, is have local have shelter.
0: Twice a month.
4: Okay. The first and the fourth Monday of the month. So, what happens is I come home from school. Not even come home from school. I come from school to go to work at <laughs> six o'clock in the evening. And I get on the bus at 7.15 in the morning to go back to school. I don't go home.
1: Because uh, you know, you don't really need to sleep.
0: And in the meantime, you're also producing I mean. a play that you have yeah. written and a film. And a film. Okay, and you, my friend, Brandon, you are acting in this, living in Babylon and working at JFK Airport as a barista. Yep. Is that correct? So what's your schedule like?
5: Uh, basically, it's kind of like uh, on Mondays and Tues. Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays. And Thursdays I work two to ten, and then Friday and Saturday I work ten p.m. to six a.m. Right. So my sleep schedule is kind of like all over so the place. So wait a minute. So wait.
0: You just said Friday you work till yeah. six a.m. So you haven't slept yet no, doing this show because no. we would actually no, take no, the show on Saturdays.
5: I came straight from work. To- oh right. my gosh,
0: well, you but two but are again, amazing. But again,
1: so the the uh, there's there was a, a film director uh, Jorolowski, and he talked about how when you're in the arts, you're a spiritual warrior. You both are spiritual warriors, right? And we all are. But like that's I'm what not? you're talking.
0: <laughs> this would have killed me are you kidding me if I had to work your schedule I'd have been like forget about it. driven that. by passion okay
1: and driven by the belief every day that what you're doing is noble
0: that's true
5: and that's, that's what I use to like write all my songs too like I can't, I can't I'm not able to write a song just on demand like I have to have that passion I have to have the inspiration and stuff uh-huh. so like the song that I wrote for um, the play it was actually a song it's called Marvelous and um, it was basically, like, just like, there was this point in my life where I was just like, you know, why do I need to be like everybody else? Why can I just, like, be me and I'll still be great? And with that passion, that inspiration, that's how I wrote that song. Yeah, that's that's
1: brilliant. so wonderful. Yeah, I, I want to hear that song.
0: I'm sure that Kyle will find a way for us to play it during yeah. our next break. And,
1: and you're you're also a musician. That's yes, I am. Right? I play
5: guitar and
1: sing. Uh-huh. And, and uh... Yeah. What, and but you but you live in Babylon. Yep. And then you go to JFK. And I go to JFK. This is terrible. And
5: then you commute.
0: go. Are you guys rehearsing in the city or are you rehearsing out? We here?
4: rehearse in the city. Um, I call Saturday. Well, Sundays are city day because our our we have our managerial meetings with our manager on Sundays in the city. And we rehearse in the city. We meet in the city. but you live out here what
0: what keeps you out here Tremar so many young people have moved why are you here
4: I grew up here Um, so I would not want to move from here unless duty called Um, it got to a point I loved it so much Um, I would get up 4 o'clock in the morning to be at the Jitney by 5 get on my Jitney by 5.15 get in the city to do a show get out of the dressing room Get back on a jitney and go home. <laughs> <Now> <laughs>
0: what would you tell? I mean, obviously, you have friends who have moved away. Have you? Have you? What do you tell someone who says, you know, I'm I'm moving to the big city, or I'm moving here or there because there's no work out here. There's
4: Don't move if you can get on a jitney. Get on a jitney. It's only thirty five dollars. Get train. on the jitney or the right, train. There we go. <laughs> yeah. um, because I was doing one. when I first did the Wiz, I was up at three or four o'clock in the morning on the jitney going to work and then going back home
0: now listen besides I'm sorry uh, besides all of this other stuff you also give back to the community. I know that we did a story about you in the Independent over Christmas because you did a, a benefit performance of the Polar Express. Um, and you gave away 50 toys to the first 50 kids who showed up. And
4: it was that, that was an amazing experience. I've never experienced something, doing something for Christmas before. And I said, after I got to a certain point in my career, I was gonna give back. And I work really with a church, Hamptons United Methodist Church, who hosts Morning Saban. And they were looking for something to do for Christmas. I said, why don't we do the Polar Express here? Like the Polar Express. They're like, oh, we're going to read the story. And I'm like, it's a little bit more than that, you know? So Santa Claus came with 50 gifts. But the best thing was there were families there who were underprivileged, who really appreciated Polar Express because the kids were able to have Christmas they, they saw Santa Claus, the they saw Frosty the Snowman. Right. And, and how did you fund the gift, the gifting? Thankfully, oh. Hamptons United Methodist Church okay. was the funder. But also, you were the catalyst. Yeah, I yeah. put it together. I, but
0: I also love the fact that you were also introducing kids to the arts. You were yeah. reading and performing and, and all of that. That's amazing. And you have another one coming up around Easter?
4: Yes. We have Breakfast with the Easter Bunny on April 20th in the first 50 kids. Get a free easter basket they b- get pictures with the easter bunny and they get breakfast and it's free wow. how do you
0: do all of this i'm tired just listening to you
4: it keeps me going yeah,
0: yeah. that's such a wonderful isn't that wonderful to have young people cool. like that around yeah here?
1: Oh, absolutely like any any age so Again, to be driven by passion. Is, that's the whole answer right there.
0: So tell, now, are you, Brandon, are you also in the film version of this Footprints of an, uh, A, of yes an Angel? Yes, we, we,
5: we've been talking about it, and um, I haven't confirmed with him yet, with Traymar yet, but... Um, <laughs>
4: no, okay. Sorry, I didn't
1: mean are to put you on the spot Oh, no, no it's okay. <laughs> when, when, when,
5: when, uh, when are you going
1: to
4: try and shoot the film? We, we are actually going to film on June 14th in the city, and June 15th out here at the church where my mother's funeral took place oh wow
0: that's amazing so
4: we're going to do those two dates of filming and we're actually looking at a winter release date Hmm. um what we've decided with the film is that um there's not many uh i have to say there's not many african-american filmmakers whatever in long island eastern long island right so i have decided to do like a special screening at different locations free charge.
0: You I mean different, different locations that are going to draw African-American community in? Yes. Um that's The wonderful. location where
4: I used to live on the hill, I'm looking to do it at the new, which is opening, to my understanding, September, the new African-American Museum of the East End, which that's is in That's wonderful. Is Brenda
0: Simmons involved yes, in that? Yes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. be talking to work. her to see
4: amazing. if we can Screen there, and they screen screen at the library, and we would love to screen at the Sag Harbor Cinema Center when they do open. Yeah,
1: well, that's yeah. I can't wait till they open. When that when that building burned down, I that hurt me a lot because I love the programming they had there, and so. You know, that's awesome.
0: So tell me, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how are you able to fund a film? Films are expensive. How are you, like, and it takes an enormous crew. How are you putting that together?
4: A screenwriter approached me that wanted to buy tickets to the play. And I sold him tickets. And we had talked briefly about a film, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And I gave him about three I don't know. It was like basically, at first, we didn't want to do it. And then I'm like, you know what, a film might be good. So we talked about the characters and I, you know, made them promise some things. You know, you're not going to put actual family names, you know, so it's based on the Garland family. (laughs) Um, We talked and we came to agreement that we were going to do it. And I reached out to one of my close friends from Five Towns College, who is a film major. And he got his crew together. They said they want to do it. And So
0: are they doing it kind of like as a thesis project yes. or something? Yeah, basically
4: like a thesis project. It'll be like a hopefully different film so festivals. How l- I'm
0: sorry, I don't need to drop. How long a film are you looking at?
4: It's going to be about an hour and a half. Oh, both, so it's going to be like a uh, real full-length yeah. feature.
0: Wow. wow.
1: Hey, let, let's go back to this. So you said there's not a lot of African-American filmmakers on the East End. Um, do you feel like as an artist like i mean I, and i've spent a lot of my creative time writing cartoons and writing uh talking animals and writing all these things i i try and put myself into characters i write but i there's this like wall where i know i'm also doing so st- i'm just like doing i'm applying something I, I, do you feel like um uh, how am i going to try say this uh this this uh obligation as an african-american artist to to pursue a certain form of your your expression or or do you see it more just as like you know artists are usually separated from their world you know like they you kind of
4: you're detached a little bit Uh,
2: um,
4: it's a challenge um especially with the film aspect of it It's a challenge because you you're very you know African Americans are a little bit more Uh, precautious about what they put out on the big screen. Um, They try not they yeah they try not to put um, get too personal. But it's funny that we're talking about that because when the screenwriter was explaining to me what he was writing, one of the parts he was writing I had to take out because. And when he was explaining the whole situation, this stuff really happened at my mother's funeral. So i right. like, oh no, we, we can't do that. <laughs> we, we can't do that. We'll change it around, but we can't do that. No, now why? And why is that? Um, It was just too personal. And it wasn't like bad, but it was like, the way it would be presented as if I told him this. And I never told him anything like this when he's explaining it to
0: Oh me. wow, that's so he I'm came like, up with it on his own yeah, and it was something it that had like, actually happened.
5: It's amazing. Wow, right. that's um, incredible. Can I actually go back to your question. Yeah, you yeah. Said, like how this is Brandon, like now. an African American artist feels obligated yeah. to be a certain way. Um, it's funny that you say that because when I first met Treymar, um, I was showing him my music, and I told him that my uh, like my promotion for who I am is basically, you know, as an African American musician, you know, you're accustomed to oh maybe he's a rapper, like you know this guy raps a lot. So, but it's not because like I sing and play guitar which is completely different from the stereotypical African-American, which makes people turn heads. And when they turn heads, they'll be like, oh, what is his music about? And hopefully they like it. Right. So, like, a lot of times people do feel obligated to be a certain way, but be different and, like... Right, and you said that before, that you yeah. realized that you
1: that you had the epiphany that you have to be yourself. You're yeah. right? marvelous
0: just the uh, way you marvelous. are, darling. Yes. No, 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 <laughs> because that, that's that's...
1: I would, I would think, uh, and again, I, I might be, way out of my, like, depth here, but like, I would think that one of the hardest things is that, like, movies and TV and music, everything, everybody becomes an archetype. Everybody kind of, you get compressed, right?
3: Absolutely. A
1: movie, you have an hour and a half to kind of condense down an entire life of uh, experience. It's the nature of it, and so I think what, if. If I was in the situation where I was trying to write and find like and, and, and perform and try and find a voice, and my fear was I don't want to be an archetype, that seems a little tricky. Like one of the things that just being a writer, especially a writer of animation, is I know the, what it is, but I'm never really exposing myself, you know?
0: That's true, because you, you haven't written something like biographical,
1: yet. And if I have, it's in my drawer. I mean, right. I, I'm not trying to make a living right, doing right. it.
0: That's amazing. So,
1: so, so how did you get drawn? I'm talking to Brandon now. Yeah. How did you get drawn to uh,
5: the acoustic kind of Ed Sheeran type? Uh, so how it, uh, when I, I was at summer camp last summer, actually. I started writing songs. And, you were um, at summer camp or you were... Yeah, I, I worked that summer okay. camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like a camper. Dude, you're a little <laughs> old to be
0: going to summer camp. That's creepy, man. Okay.
5: <laughs> just sneak in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just
0: sneak in. They never know. Anyway, but go ahead. But
5: um, I was there and... Uh, One of my uh, close friends his name is John Stark um, Always used to come in my cabin and we used to play and sing together and I've never sang in front of anybody except him And he was like hey man like you got to go out and like let people hear you and I was like No, like I'm not good enough. Like I'm I don't want John
0: Stark from um...
5: Oh, no, he's from he's from England.
1: Okay. So there's a John Stark out here.
0: Is there I was thinking Tony Stark Iron Man (laughs) Sorry, I went right to the movies Oscar night alec your favorite night uh, yeah. okay, okay. Sorry, go ahead yeah
5: like he encouraged me to go do it and then like i was i still said no and then he like forced me out and then um like because it was orientation orientation week and i started playing in front of everybody my heart was racing yeah i was so scared and then at the end of everything um i felt good and then everybody applauded me it was like you're really good you're really good and i thought they were just saying that just because they were my friends but then i started you know playing more often and writing more songs and I've uh, been getting a lot of compliments from like a lot of people I don't even know too so
0: so I have a question so besides your relationship with Tremar mm-hmm. What do you plan on doing with your music? Do you see a future for it? Are you going to record I am, a CD or something?
5: I am, like, I am pleased to be working with Trey on on um, acting uh, productions, but my music is what I'm shooting for. Sorry, Trey Mar. No, that's okay. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I guess I can accept you. Yep. Apologies. <laughs> but my music is what I'm shooting for, and um, basically, I, I don't care about, like, you know, what awards I can get or... You know, how much money you will make. I care more about, like, changing somebody's lives with the words I have to say. No, I, amen. I mean, that's that's exactly how I've always kind of felt
1: that the blessing of communication, the blessing of expression is to connect with people and hopefully connect some dots for people that allows, the, like, the, the, the yes, change somebody positive. Yeah. Influence somebody's attitude or perspective make them feel more connected to something bigger because I think like one of the biggest problems I certainly felt in my life is when I feel a sense of isolation I feel hopeless and I don't want to feel hopeless So I, t- I think that's a big aspect of
0: and once again I'm coming from the world of journalism Which is totally different because and you and I've talked about this many times. I'm telling you Facts, and don't do your events and facts thing. You always <laughs> tell that that little quote. But my point is, is that what I try to do, though, is to make a connection. Like, like a you know, if I'm writing about a singer-songwriter, if I'm writing about an actor, or I'm writing about a writer. That there's something not about their their craft, but something in their soul that resonates with the person who's reading it. So you want to find that connection, even when you're writing, you know. A journalism story a newspaper story you still want to find that thing where someone will go oh I feel that way too or oh god I did the same thing you know so it's it's all about the connection
5: yeah and it is possible because like you know I feel like everybody's been in a situation where they're like down and out and they're like you know how can I get myself out of the slump and they listen to a song and you're just like you know the song inspired me because I know Amazing,
0: I and that's absolutely true yeah. what what's a song what's the song that's inspired you I bet it's something from The Wiz.
4: <laughs> of course, something from The Wiz. My very first professional job. Um,
3: well, Wonder, Wonder, that Wonder, Wonder Why. I.
4: Wonder, that Wonder was, Why? That was a song that Stephanie Mills did in the 1985 version of The Wiz. And it was talking about she was wondering why she was put on that journey to do what she had to do, you know, kill Eveline. And I listen to that song every day. I'm like, wonder, wonder why I am writing plays still. But it's a mission. You know, it's, it's a goal. So. And That's what cool. about you, Brandon? Uh, mine
5: is uh, Winners Never Quit by an artist called Owl City. And it's basically saying, like, you know, when you're down and out, like, don't quit. Like, just keep going for
0: it. You guys are so amazing. It makes my heart so happy that there are young people who have this kind of attitude and are trying. Well, but you're also artists, you know. And
1: and I would also just add um, the goal of any artist is to have a body of work. And that doesn't happen quickly. So the real thing is you're running a marathon as an artist. You're trying to have a, a body of work you can look at. In your whole life, and so you guys are not so much the very beginning of your journey, but
5: you're 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 emerging. Yeah, and this is when you feel it the most, too. Right. Assuming you, the marathon you start feeling it in your legs <laughs>
0: well that's a great place for us to take a little interlude you're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and
5: Alex Sockler we're
0: coming to you from Estia's little kitchen where brunch is being served today it's shredded beef what is it shredded beef short rib hash with sweet corn chipotle potatoes and poached eggs oh my god tomorrow's like drilling over there and uh, we're listening to us here on 88.3 WPPB FM Long Island's only only NPR station. This is like where the arts happen, guys. So support, support, support. We'll be right back after this.
2: I've had some bummer days But I ain't looking back I've made a few mistakes But I'm on the right track I got somewhere to be Gotta hurry so I'll make My day with destiny Cause I don't wanna be late Here we go. I might take my time Cause I find the fable had it right Slow and steady wins the race lag behind but I swear I'll cross the finish line moving at a steady pace all
0: with Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy and Alex Sakala, and you're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB FM, Long Island's only NPR station. You can listen to us in so many different ways. I can't even, can't even. But we are at Estes,
1: and man, there's good art on the wall.
0: What a wonderful segue and so natural. Tell are you a professional actor, me, by the and, uh, way?
1: Professional bullshitter. Yeah, um, you are. Tell, um, tell me.
0: Um, yes, it's incredible. This you know, art over Obi- on this side is Edwina Lucas. Who's a lo- these are both local female artists and Georgia Souter did the black and white. Uh, it's beautiful. But that's one of the things that STS Little Kitchen is that Colin is a huge patron of the arts. It's one of the reasons why we're doing our show from here. But he um, has been focusing on female. Artists, But I would
1: also say, and this is true, since I've lived out here full-time for three and a half years, and one of the things I find so inspiring about these then is that um, people who are out here trying to do something are very open to, to multitasking in a way and saying, I have a wall, why don't I use it to celebrate local artists.
0: Absolutely. That's, but In particular, I just want to bring it back because uh, Colin not only uh, is supportive of a female artist, he also hosts The Shed here on Tuesdays, which is a women-only working space. So it's just a wonderful, you know, it's a wonderful way to get a leg up, like you're yeah, saying. Yeah, which mean, is really cool. And that's really what we're talking about. We've got Tremar, Petaway, Southampton, born and bred artist, playwright. Student I'm getting exhausted filmmaker player. I can't even do it all actor right. and Brandon Boyd from Babylon who also has a million different jobs We're were we, were just talking, well, we were about talking about the
1: struggle. We're talking about that those feelings when you're out and you're trying to do something And you're trying to get people's attention and and just the emotional uh, Game within the game if you will. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that a
5: little bit. How's that like how do you guys deal with that? Um, well I feel like if you're not able to cope with it and realize that, you know, um, whatever you're going through now is just like a temporary hold for your future success, if you're not able to cope with that and, and get that into your mind, then you'll, you'll quit your dream. And that's what I believe a lot of people that, you know, want to follow their dreams, even if it's not in the arts, but they just don't end up doing what they want to do. I think that's what happens. They have that mindset where they're like, you know, nobody wants to hear me, you know, nobody wants to listen to me, so.
0: And if you also have your family, your school, your church or whatever also saying, no, 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 you you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing this instead. It's, it's like the weight of the world upon you.
1: So how do you handle, like, so, I mean, those are those these moments, what I would call, like, existential angst, right? It's like, I'm alive, but what, what's really going on? Um, how do you handle those moments, like, personally?
5: Uh, personally, I handle them, um, I let out a nice cry once in a <laughs> That's good. That's important. That is but, um, important. I also... Turn that emotion in, like I use it in my guitar. Like when I wasn't, when I didn't know how to play the guitar, it would just build up, and build up, and then I would turn it into anger, and I got into a lot of trouble. But then once I started playing guitar, I would turn that into music, and then it went from making anger into making art. Right. Wow. What
1: was the thing that uh, Woody Guthrie had on his guitar? This this machine kills tyrants or something like it. or
0: I have no idea I wish I could google I'm, it but I, that's not Kyle it I'm, I'm butchering phone. it
1: yeah. <laughs> we'll that's cool it and and, and uh, that, Tramar, how about you like how do you handle your personal struggles uh, of confidence and of uh, impatience I guess
4: uh, impatience is the wrong word patience pa- I'm working uh, on belief um, belief I just go out there and do it <laughs> uh, if it works wonderful if it don't I'll never do it again
1: Okay, um, so you learn, by doing. you learn by doing When we were doing Mama's
4: Diary It, it was a challenge uh-huh. Various challenges And I said I was never doing it again Right. And then Footprints of an Angel came about And it worked out a lot easier Than I thought um, On Long Island it's a struggle It's right. definitely a struggle So what I did was I strategized Opened up a new production company and said I'm going to do kid events And let me give this a shot and see how many kids actually come been big ever since. Right. So,
0: you really need to be your own best advocate for the arts yeah. in a way. And I, what I also hear Brandon saying is that they, he turned his anger into art. I mean, that is such a powerful thing for a young person to know that you have a way out you know, I mean, uh, and we weren't even talking, we're, you just talking about the struggle of making it or deciding whether or not to go into your chosen field, but there are people out there who suffer from deep depression and and I've often heard it said, you know, like suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem we're talking about temporary problems here, like glitches, right? And that you still always, there's always the possibility of hope and of success in your, in your art, right?
1: Well, I know I've quit like a million Times and then I unquit like a million and one times. And what actually happens with me is it's one idea, it's just one notion, one thought that gets me excited, and then all of a sudden I'm like revving up again. So I go back to like everybody has their own uh, mechanisms, but it is so important to acknowledge that it's hard, to acknowledge that part of art is suffering. Uh, you don't get rewarded for it necessarily but it's part of the process
5: yeah, like I write I write about ten to fifteen songs before I find one good song um, and during that 10 to 15 song process you are just like oh man I'm like this is terrible like what am I doing and then yeah. you get that one song we just like all right this is it this yeah is
0: but also look at I mean Tremar your art came out of a lot of it came out of your mother's passing I mean so really you created art out of pain
4: it was it was interesting to have that happen because when she was explaining to me what was going. To sh- she said, "You're gonna be okay because you have this, 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 and you have your plays." And I wasn't writing plays yet, so I'm like, "What are you talking about? Right What plays?" But she saw it. She saw it. So she she saw it happening. I did not. Well, maybe she saw
0: like you doing the stuff at Bay Street with the playwright she, intensive. She, yeah, she the playwright the intensive,
4: and then you know, deciding to jump into a big circle doing a dance show, uh, the Nutcracker. Um, and, 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 um, Brandon, are both your
1: parents still alive? Yes. Okay. So I, I lost my, my dad about 27 or eight years ago. And
0: my He's, dad, my dad was, yes. Uh, Friday was 18 years. since Yeah. He died and,
1: out. and my dad's, uh, his markers in Sa- Sag Harbor at the Oakland cemetery, right? My dad's I, in I Shari actually went Park, there, the Jewish cemetery. I went there yesterday, just drove by just to say hi. It, it was not,
0: Alec, I went and visited my dad yesterday. We were both with Are our we, dads yesterday. Well,
1: but but um, so I'm asking this all so I say we're, like, how do you stay in touch with your mom?
4: I don't go to cemeteries. Um, I don't go to cemeteries because okay. the last no, time gonna... I went, I got uh, I was about to pass out. And I talk to her randomly. Or if I'm like uh, doing homework, her song come on. So I know, okay, yeah, she's trying to contact me, right. whatever the case may be.
1: And, and as you're writing plays about your experience with her and, and her and making her a character, does that keep her alive in your... <laughs>
4: yeah, it does, um, because the person that's playing her is, is an actress at heart. And it was funny because my mother used to write my mother used to watch this lady on TV yeah. during the story so it was like oh this is perfect like this is, wow. this is perfect um, so you feel that connection
0: now are you thinking about something beyond this beyond Footprints of an Angel do you have another idea that you're writing already or are you just trying to get through I this? do
4: <laughs> um, and yes Brandon is a part of it he doesn't know it yet <laughs> I do I'm in a of writing another show exactly. I see it you guys are going to be doing
0: a <laughs> just show just letting you know just, 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 so we, just went the po- we went to the prom together. We've oh, known wow. each other for 40 wow. years. This is gonna be happening. Okay. He
5: just he, he, he comes up with ideas and he's
4: like, "Hey, Brandon, you're gonna do this," and I'm just like, "What?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. it, it, it was funny because when when Brandon decided he wanted to get in the music industry, he's telling me, "I'm like, oh, I, I got a manager for you." Brandon thinks I'm joking. Right? He's like, "Yeah, right. Okay." Right, right. So right. he goes on the Instagram and he calls me like, "Yo, bro, like, um, he worked with this person, this person, this person, this person." Wait a minute. Okay. And then he, I'm like, well, look further. He's like, oh, there's your picture.
0: He's like, That's your
4: man
5: <laughs> Yeah. So like, oh. when I first met him, like in the train station, I honestly, sorry, I honestly thought he was crazy. Sure, he's the guy approaching you on a train. And he's like very screaming fine in line
1: in. between genius and insanity. <laughs> <laughs> he's like
5: screaming. He's screaming in the train station and just singing. he's like ah. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm just <laughs> like, let me just walk away from this guy. Uh, walk away <laughs> quickly. <laughs> Do not make eye
0: contact. But
5: he caught
4: me. And I'm happy you did though I'm like, yeah, That's I'm awesome. like, do you sing? He was like, uh, do you act? Yeah, I used to do improv. Okay. I'm like, you're going to the city? Yeah. I'm thinking he's going to work for a theater. They didn't know he worked for JFK. Right, right. And he's like, yeah, I work at a store. <laughs> store, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so
1: we've talked about suffering, we've talked about. We've talked about uh, living out in Long Island and trying to do something that, that is much bigger than where you are, but staying, staying true to where you are, uh, which I think is very well, profound.
0: I, and I also, we've also talked about, at least with Trimar, giving back to the community that you love. What's one of, there's something else that you're doing coming?
4: Oh, yes, we have the We Love You Mickey Concert extravaganza. Oh,
0: can we sing it? We love you, Mickey. We love you, Mickey. Oh, yes, yes we, we do. do. That's right. That's all we're going to do. We yeah. are going to. I personally don't love Mickey. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm he, just saying. He worked for the mouse. Mickey, you know what I'm saying?
1: Totally put me over a barrel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well,
1: yeah, Mickey,
4: my homeboy, but um.
0: Oh look, that's that's I know Alec well enough to know that's his nervous laughter. He just dissed the mouse. He's gonna get uh, no,
4: struck know,
1: by lightning. The thing is I'm not cursing. Everybody, <laughs> head right now. I'm I'm censoring myself. So I
0: have to tell you wait, one thing really quickly. I know I want to get to that, but I managed. I went to Disney World and I managed to find Sorry. the one disgruntled Disney World employee. We were drinking together. And he was like on the bar stool with the drink. He was drunk. He was like, "I hate the freaking mouse." I'm <laughs> on the one, the one who didn't have a big smile on his face. But anyway, tell us about your "We Love You, Mickey" um, "We
4: Love You, Mickey" concert. So what is going to happen is that, um, as you know, everybody has celebrated Mickey's birthday except, of course. Eastern Long Island right so we have decided uh, I was gonna do it
0: takes a while to get here we're all the way on the other coast
4: so I said okay we had a success with the Christmas I'm gonna throw this out on Facebook and get this theater and see what the response is. and the response has been overwhelming it's at a point where what are we gonna do because there's so many kids so what's gonna happen is that it's something for everybody we have Brandon's doing a song from Disney. Then we have a band called Dr. Dan and the Patients. They're from Five Towns College. <laughs> um, and where are you ha- doing
0: this, tomorrow? Uh, where? Southampton Culture Center. Oh, how wonderful. So, right, on, local and... Yes, on June 1st. Oh, great. And then we
4: also have sing-along videos that are going to be viewed on the screen, you know, for the old school and old timers, you know, right. so the sing-along, you know, like we used to do, watch TV and sing it. Um, that is the plan. And then... Mickey Mouse himself is going to make an appearance at the end of the concert. mouse. okay. And and, and how, the age of the kids uh, birth
0: through 80 99.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: No, listen, so I want to ask you as as two struggling acting entertaining, aspiring, aspiring. struggling and now, we're all struggling. Well, aspiring. we are. What is your advice for people who are 10, 11, 12? 17 years old coming up who want to f- who want to be following in these footsteps what do you trim our first it's, it, it's hard
4: um, it's expensive uh, I learned that as a kid it is expensive a lot of things they you mean a them. lot
0: of classes you have to take and headshots
4: there's headshots there's classes there's workshops it's expensive but I'm sure your mommy and daddies will spend that good money you know if they they. Well, the scholarships available too, right? Not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like two. In the arts, um, less every day, unfortunately. So just keep doing it. Um, we are actually, I'll just make a public announcement. We are working on doing a children's workshop while I'm home on v- break from school next year.
1: And what is the children's workshop? So what we're hotel. going
4: to do is, as you know, <laughs> as you know locally, there are workshops around here that charge an arm, foot, and a leg to be in the show. What we're going to do is we're going to charge a small minimum fee, and we're going to put together a big production.
0: That's wonderful.
4: Don't know what show it is. Yet. And so what is
0: your advice to the kids who want to be actors or writers?
4: Keep going. Keep going is right.
0: Keep going. What about you, Brandon?
5: Uh, my advice would be, like, you know, you don't get rich overnight, right? So, And, uh, and that's not it, even necessarily the goal, right? Yeah, it's not the goal, but, like, I use it as a metaphor because, like, you know, if you if you're able to make your dream come true, that's you becoming rich. Right. Right. So, but that's not just gonna fall on your lap. You gotta start somewhere, and then like you'll you'll bump into a bunch of rocks and, and obstacles along the way. But you have to go over it and just, you have to keep going. Um, I was talking to my cousin the other day, and she said that she told me this one quote. And she told me two two quotes. The first quote was, "If you're ever playing a video game and you run into a boss and the boss is really hard and you keep dying." you're still running into the bus, which means you're going the right way, right? You're getting closer to the end of the game. And also, if, you're, if, you're, if you feel like you're going through hell, like keep going, yeah. because if you stop and accept that you're going through hell, you're gonna stay in hell, like you're gonna stay in hell. So yeah. you gotta keep going through and and like wow. get out.
1: You know, when I was in my 20s, uh, and I think in movies a lot, there's an old movie, a Humphrey Bogart, Catherine Hepburn movie called African Queen. I love that movie. And uh, in the movie, he plays like a, a hard drinking river captain, and she plays like a missionary in Africa. And they get on a boat called the African Queen, and they go down this river. Mm-hmm in theory to get to Lake Victoria where they're gonna blow up a German ship. And nobody's ever taken a boat down this river. So the whole movie's about that. It's about, you know, waterfalls and and animals and enemies and all these things. And along the way, these two, again, buddy story, these two opposites fall in love. And then there's a moment when they've done everything. They've gone through everything and they're stuck in the mud and they lie down to die. And they like, I love you, I love you, but they're ready to die. And then the camera pulls back and pulls back and pulls back, and you realize that because the weeds are in front of them, they can't see. They're just ten feet from their goal, and that, I use that for me as a metaphor of I don't know, if I'm ten feet from my goal and I just can't see it. So I'm not going to ever give up. Hey, guess so I, what,
0: Alex Sokolow? I believe the African Queen won the Oscar. There we go. It all comes (laughs) back to the trophy. It all comes back to the damn trophy, guys. It's been such a pleasure having you on our show, Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy
1: and Alex Sacco. we are
0: coming to you from Estia's Little Kitchen on the Turnpike between Sag Harbor and Bridgehampton. It serves breakfast and lunch six days a week, closed on Tuesdays for the shed. And uh, we're really grateful for you coming. Yeah, thank
1: you both for coming on, giving us such a wonderful
0: message. And thank you to our producer Kyle Lynch. And uh, we'll see you all next week.
1: That's right. Be well and stay well.